piano theme and eyes wide shut is the scariest music I've ever heard in a film. Not because it's haunting or terrifying, that goes without saying, but because more than any other piece, it creates this intense, guttural feeling of uncertainty and uneasiness, one most center to the film, causing you to question the nature and truth of Bill's reality as well as your own. In fact, the title of the book the movie is based on, Dream Story, hints at the theme I find most fascinating about Eyes Wide Shut, that being the symbiotic relationship between dreams and reality. At the center of the story is Dr. Bill Harford, who begins a series of sexually charged adventures after his wife Alice reveals to him how she had contemplated having an affair a year earlier and leaving Bill as well as their daughter Helena. This discussion is prompted after they return from a Christmas party in which they both witnessed each other experience advances from members of the opposite sex. This revelation from Alice completely shocks Bill, it crushes his worldview, and it's the first hint we get of this recurring theme of uncertainty, of having to question the nature of reality and how much we truly know about the people in our lives. Bill has this self-importance to him, this assurity. He believes he knows not only his wife inside out, woman as well, on a deeper physiological level, and his framework concerning infidelity makes that woman as being not all that interested in sexual fantasies. Women don't, they basically just don't think like that. Millions of years of evolution, right? Right? Men have to stick it in every place they can, but for women, women, it is just about security and commitment and whatever the fuck else. A little oversimplified, Alice, but yes, something like that. If you men only knew. When Alice reveals her innermost fantasies about a naval officer, it not only disrupts Bill's initial framework about how women think, it forces him to analyze his own relationship in an entirely different light. That afternoon, Helena went to the movies with her friend and you and I made love. And we made plans about our future and we talked about Helena and yet at no time was he ever out of my mind and I if he wanted me, even if it was only for one night, I was ready to give up everything. This is the impetus that begins to crush his worldview. This dream, this vision of his wife in the throes of passion with another, Throughout the course of the film, in Bill's every waking moment, he is haunted by this. It's the excuse he gives himself each time he attempts to slip deeper and deeper into infidelity, first with his deceased patient's daughter, then with Domino, a hooker he meets on a walk, 
and later when he first enters the masked underground sex club. But why does Bill put so much stake in what Alice has told him was a dream, a fantasy? Well, I think it's because even fantasies often command the respect of our reality. Dreams force us to question the bounds of our power and control over situations. They can expand the definition of what's possible, in seemingly fantastical, even mystical ways. But they could also work in narrowing our perspective, narrowing our minds to focus on more specific, more realistic portrayals of our world. In other words, when a dream is removed from reality, it's easy to ignore it or chalk it up as inconsequential. It's the dreams and nightmares that are extremely grounded, erring on the side of possible, that could be the most terrifying, especially when they feed off our darkest fears and impulses. Alice didn't really cheat on Bill with that naval officer, but as far as Bill's concerned, she might as well have. The event exists in Bill's mind all the same, as the haunting specter of what he never thought could be possible. Bill's power, his command over his own relationship, is weakened in an instant. At its core, this film is about societal power dynamics. It's about those in control and those who only think they're in control. Consider Bill for a moment. Bill is a wealthy doctor. It's something he constantly brings up whenever he gets the chance, showing off his NYC doctor card to any and everyone as a way to demand the respect of patrons in a room. He also gets into the habit of paying excessive amounts of money for favors, the hooker, the man at the costume shop, the cab driver who brings him to the masked event. He wears his status outwardly on his sleeve. But despite this, he isn't in the true elite. This is incredibly apparent. When the members of the masked club arrive in limos, whilst you arrive in a cab and leave your costume receipt in your coat pocket, it becomes easy to draw a line, to draw a distinction between the people who belong and the people who don't. May I have the password, please? Fidelio. That's right, sir. That is the password for admittance. But may I ask, what is the password for the house? The password for the house. Yes. I'm sorry, I... I... I seem to have... forgotten it. That's unfortunate. Because here, it doesn't matter whether you have forgotten it, or if you never knew it. You will kindly remove your mask. The entire sequence within the masked club is incredible to me. There's this ephemeral quality to it, this whisper in the wind. It's this space that you can't quite even be sure exists, because to wholeheartedly believe it does would force one to accept even harsher truths about the members behind the mask and their powerful roles in our society. It's probably why at the height of the story's intrigue, as we feel that we are about to explore the inner workings of this club and its members, Bill is found out. Our ride is cut short, and as he's banished, we're left wondering, just as Bill does, what the hell was that? In the aftermath, Bill tries to piece it all together. 
chase that ever-so-elusive thread. But just like a dream, it's all so inherently fleeting. It's a space we can't occupy for too long, a space we often can't even control. In our attempt to piece together the story, the fragments of a fading memory, we can't. The dream logic crumbles in the face of real logic. Bill can't seem to get in touch with his deceased patient's daughter, Nick Nightingale has disappeared under mysterious circumstances, Domino, the hooker he nearly had relations with, has contracted HIV, and the lady who had saved Bill at the party has all but turned up dead. Bill's hop dream has become a terrifying nightmare. It's in the face of all this that Victor Ziegler provides Bill with a most striking explanation. Maybe I'm missing something here. You called it a fake, a charade. Do you mind telling me what kind of fucking charade ends with somebody turning up dead? Okay, Bill, let's, 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 let's cut the bullshit, all right? You've been way out of your depth for the last 24 hours. You want to know what kind of a charade? I'll tell you exactly what kind. That whole play-acted, take-me, phony sacrifice that you've been jerking yourself off with had absolutely nothing to do with her real death. Nothing happened to her after you left that party that hadn't happened to her before. She got her brains fucked out. Period. When they took her home, she was, she was just fine. And the rest of it is right there in the paper. She was a junkie. She OD'd. There was nothing suspicious. Her door was locked from the inside. The police are happy. End of the story. Come on. It was always going to be just a matter of time with her. Victor scratches at the elite, a member of a ruling class whose modus operandi is based in convincing others to reject the evidence of their eyes and their ears. It's how they retain their control and power over society. Eyes Wide Shut exists as a document that understands that we aren't entirely privy to the goings-on of our lives, and often a much more sinister force lurks beneath the surface. We can't excuse anything as being just a dream or a fantasy. Everything we experience, no matter how real, can affect us, and we can't turn a blind eye to that which feeds the machinations of the human mind. We find comfort in our fantasies, escaping the unforgiving grasp of this cruel and uncertain world a world we may never truly understand. After all, why spend so much time trying to understand reality when the dream feels so much more... real? Mind Theater is produced and written by me, Ayla Kingbade, in collaboration with Muckraker Media. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review on iTunes. For updates on the show and upcoming episodes, as well as my other content, follow Mind Theater Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time. I am that the reality of one night 
alone that of a whole lifetime can ever be the whole truth. And no dream is ever just a dream.